Meredi Football Podcast, David Lawson, Stefan Hosen. Back again. Yo, yo, yo. What's up, Stefan? I'm good, man. Basking in the glory of club football returning back. Ready to get into this. It was a weird week. You know, it was not normally you see three international games and not, not normally you see Sutton, sorry, Luxembourg winning a game. They beat Ireland. That just shows you how far Ireland has fallen. We also saw Germany lose to North Macedonia at home. Yes. Uh, you know, results like the Germany losing to North Macedonia, I, I see those, I, I can see, I can see it happening. Uh, but Luxembourg winning a game, I honestly didn't believe Luxembourg would ever win a game in my lifetime. Like, I really didn't think they would ever be able to win a game. And by win a game, I mean against a team that I actually knew. Like, I never thought that it would be possible. <laughs> well, that just goes to show you that anything is possible when you work hard enough. Well, yeah, right now I'm recovering from a cold trying to do this podcast. So if you believe it, you can achieve it. There we go. But, you know, free chat as usual on this Sunday, get into many different topics. Uh, first of all, you have to start with Chelsea losing to West Brom. Uh, it gave me great pleasure to watch Chelsea lose, not because of anti-Chelsea or whatever, but I kind of felt Chelsea was playing simplistic football uh, and it would look better than it really was. The results looked better than it really was. So it was kind of good that they got a come up once. Granted, it did come with because they had, were down to 10 men, but it was good to see. Yeah, I mean, it was a, that was an interesting start to the weekend. Um, Chelsea looked pretty much in control for the first 30 minutes until Thiago Silva's red card. Once that happened, uh, for some reason, as Tuchel alluded to, uh, Chelsea just completely fell apart. Uh, they just didn't seem confident on the ball. They couldn't get anything going forward. And West Brom took full advantage of them. And I didn't understand his substitutions. He took off Zayat, which I never understand because if you're down to 10 men, you want to have that guy who can stretch the field vertically. You take him off. I didn't understand that. And he's still stuck with a back three, even though West Brom was still playing with, a, with one striker. Um, you push your fullbacks up high, so the spaces behind were really, really vacant. Uh, I, didn't, I just don't understand that. Um, he seems to have no belief in his centre-backs at the moment, so... Maybe that's I mean, why, but you're <laughs> playing West Brom. I believe you can have more. You can have more faith in them than that. I mean, I guess. Well, in benefit of have hindsight, I guess is that you, you could say that. But I'm not surprised he has no faith in his centre halves when Thiago. Yeah, Silva, yeah. When Thiago yeah, Silva came off. When, yeah, I mean, not even just the centre halves. The entire defence on a whole. Because when Thiago Silva came off, you're down to ten men. You're playing Aspilaqueta and Zuma and centre half with Alonso, who isn't good enough to play left back in a back four. I, it, it, I wouldn't say it makes sense, but I could see why he did make that substitution to continue with the back three. It just didn't work out and um, they paid the consequences. I still can't believe that Aspie is getting paid to play football in 2021. That's a yeah. phenomenal achievement. His agent is worth every penny and more. <laughs> for sure, for sure. He's getting paid. Testament to the medical team at Chelsea to keeping him fit week in week out. Actually, if I was a Chelsea medical staff, I'd have to be like, "Yo, we can't, we can't pass this guy fit this week. You know? <laughs> give him a break." He's a <laughs> yeah, he, he's another one. He's a he's a player that Chelsea fans I know do like, but for me, I've I've just never seen it. Don't rate him as a fullback in a back four. 
don't particularly rate him that highly as a centre-back either, but he seems to fit that three-man centre-back partnership for a few managers now, but to me, his time should have ended at Chelsea a long time ago. Yeah, I'm surprised how Chelsea were able to wipe the floor with Atletico Madrid. That, that, that took me by surprise. Uh, I, it, it feels like it was more Atletico Madrid not knowing what to do with a team simplistic uh, like Chelsea because they're so built to play against teams as is trying to be expansive and trying to use combination plays and run misdirection and players running X movements versus a Chelsea team that was more straight down the middle. It, that, that seemed to have confused them. The irony of that game. Yeah, for sure. Um, I actually had an argument or a discussion yesterday with someone in regards to how certain teams do better against certain teams. And I feel, like you just said, when it comes to Chelsea versus Atletico Madrid, I just think Atletico Madrid didn't know how to cope tactically with Chelsea based on how they play their own football. It it wasn't a good matchup for them against Chelsea based on how Chelsea plays their football and Chelsea got the better of them. Whereas then West Brom come in and score five. Like it's just the beauty of football, how sometimes tactics and philosophies just swing things in people's favors. And luck, and luck as well. And luck, because of we've course. seen because we've seen Manchester United with Jose and with Ole have real have success against Manchester City in the league. Um no ream, no no just don't understand it. It just seems to happen. Don't know why, but it it, it just seems to work out that way. and yeah. Ex, ex, but with the Manchester United, Manchester City, I guess people would just say, you know, you, you, they sit deep, they manage to get the counter out, Rashford and them. But every team tries to do it against City. But United seems to have the most amount of success against them recently. Yep, for sure. And I say sometimes it's just the matchup on the day. The philosophies work out. The, the set of players can execute better than other set of players. And that's just how it is in football sometimes. It's not as hard as people make it out to be. Yeah, exactly. But here's something that's not hard to make out. Mikel, Mikel Arteta, Moyes. Uh, I saw a recent start that I shared it with you. <laughs> I'm telling you, this guy is David Moyes at Everton. When At the start of the season, I felt, yeah, Arsenal might be on to something. They might be get a top four because I figured, and I figured rightly, he has this team so organized. And I sent you this stat because... If you compare his first 50 games versus Emery's 50 games and Wenger's, or Wenger's last 50 games, defensively, his record is, is, is better than all of them. He's only conceded 56 goals. Emery conceded 70 goals. Wenger conceded 64 goals, right? Yeah. So defensively, he seems to have them really organized. But then <laughs> in goals scored, Wenger's last 50, 96, Emery's last um, 50, 91, and Arteta, 72, you know. And that's where it seems to be, seems to be the problem. Uh, they can't score goals. They, they can't score goals. And as I just said a while ago, football isn't as hard as people make it out to be. And I think it's quite obvious that when it comes to Arsenal, they just don't have a good attack. It's the same thing I've been saying since last summer. I agree with you. I Start of last summer, or it wasn't the summer because the COVID season pushed it back. The end of last season, whenever that was, because time makes no sense to me anymore, I thought Arsenal were in a good position to start doing a rebuild. Get rid of that attack, start over, 
Arteta looks like he has the team organized in some sensible way. They were conceding less goals, but they have completely wasted a season. So I stopped before the game yesterday that said that their super attack that they have spent so much money to assemble of Aubameyang, Lacazette and Pepe have only played 11 games together. And they, the, that stat was posted and it was alluded to as something that was a bad thing that those three have not played together more than 11 times. That is the worst attack in the top 10 in the Premier League. Nobody can tell me different. Those three players in those three positions do not make the top 10 list in either position. That is a terrible attack. Obviously, they're not scoring goals because they're not good enough. It's fairly straightforward. Two plus two equals four. That is a bad offense. They're not going to score goals with it. Yeah, Lacazette is Jermaine Defoe uh, with a French passport. Uh, Jermaine Defoe is a player I always liked, but as you reminded me many times, he was never really as good as I'd hoped him to be. That's what Lacazette is. Jermaine Defoe was built for a Tottenham team that was trying to get to the Champions League, but even then wasn't really good enough. He was really, again, a, a player that's trying to come. If you have him, you're coming six, and that's what Lacazette is. Um, Obama Young, as I said, I, I, I figured he would have at least one more good year in him. I thought it would be this year. That's why I thought Arsenal would could battle for that top four spot and probably even get in because of the organization, because I felt he would have one good year. But you don't extend a guy at his age for that amount of money for one good year. And he's not even having that one good year. It makes no sense. They talk about the midfield and whatever. They, they keep spending money. They keep You keep adding players in the midfield. It's not working. Arsenal is getting worse. All right? you don't, if your best player is Obama Young and you're, you won the FA Cup, right? Which is good. And you came, what was it, seven? Right? Why are you keeping him when he's clearly going to? He's clearly past his past his peak years. That was just a dumb decision. Uh, um, but people got people always, as I said, people always fall in love with players, and you should always fall in like, always fa- fall in like with with players. Never fall in love. And Arsenal and Arsenal fans felt like, hey, we have to keep him because he's this vital, and he will score us the goals. And I was like, someone else will come and score the goals. You're not going to just be, you're just going to, Obama Young's gone, oh, we're just never going to score a goal. Yep. Yeah, yeah they're just nonsense. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's something that's just, this doesn't make sense to me. People always bring that up. Oh, if he wasn't there, these goals wouldn't be scored as if, if he wasn't there, they're suddenly going to be playing with 10 men and nobody else would be on the field to score these goals. But I think it's, it's, the writing was on the wall even last season. Arsenal fans got tricked by the fact he scored four goals in the semi-final and the final of the FA Cup. But as I have pointed out many a time, when you just look at the league format, the one that matters, I think the last 15 games under Arteta, he must have scored maybe four or five goals. And all of them came against teams like Norwich and Watford, where he scored two against Norwich and two against Watford. He was struggling in the Premier League last season for Arteta. Why would you extend him? Why would you give him all that money? Now you're stuck with him. You've you've elongated the process of getting rid of this attack and you're suffering the consequences. I pointed out yesterday that in my opinion, it's not solely on Arteta. Yes, I think he's made some mistakes, but when it comes to it, football is about the players on the field and Arsenal have recruited terribly. You just said it a while ago. They keep spending money. They keep adding players. They have just done it 
in the most haphazard and bizarre way I've ever seen. Since 2015, 2016, when they came second, I think every season since then, they've gone into the transfer window and I think they've come up with a worse team every single time. Anyway, Arsenal is a joke. I don't need... We were spent enough time out there. I saw your tweet talking about Thomas Partey put on another disaster class. <laughs> and that's another big... Play. That's, a, that's another big money signing right there. $45 million, 200 k a week. The guy can't pass the ball with any consistency. It makes no sense. But he can run and kick. I think there's certain players that you and I pick on. You know, people always say I pick on Kante, Muller... Um, which other one people say I pick on? It's quite a few. Oh, Mason Mount, probably people say I pick on him. I don't pick on him. Uh, and I definitely another, I'm not going to pick up, pick up on Tom, um, pick on Thomas Party yet because it's still his first season. I only picked on the fact that people who didn't watch him was hyping him up. That was funny. I yeah. love when the new side into the summer come and like he, like, Clearly, people did not watch him, didn't see any of his games. So they're going off of some basic analysis and maybe some YouTube clips. Yep. And they were like, yes, this guy. And they were just hyping him up to the new to the new extreme. And I was like, I don't think you guys watch him. It was similar with Pepe, where people were hyping him up. And I, I, I didn't think Pepe was going to be a bad player. But I didn't think Pepe was going to be a world-class player. Like, I don't think you guys have watched him play. Most of his goals were penalties. <laughs> and, and also the way how the French League plays, a guy who can dribble and weave like that will, will look more successful than he actually is. But you have to actually watch him and say, can that really work in the English Premier League per se? Will it have the impact? And so far with Pepe, of course, it has been known. That's yeah, been Pe- I, I, I have always admitted Pepe is one that sucked me in. I... Did point out I'd never saw him as much as I would have liked to at Lille, but the little I saw of him impressed me. And I thought, oh, this guy could be something similar to what Mohamed Salah is. I was wrong there. But when it comes to Thomas Partey, I watched that guy so much. And I have I cannot remember any Atletico Madrid game where I watched him and I said, this guy is a player who teams should sign. And I think teams agreed with me because the only team in the world that would give him 200k a week was Arsenal. And it's the guy that wants to stay at Atletico Madrid and said to them, hey, if you match that contract, I will stay. And they said, leave. <laughs> yeah, people thought, and you remember the whole Liverpool game. Anyway, moving on. I want to talk about successful teams. Let's teams that. that are going, teams with a future. Man. Teams that have a place to go. You know, and coming up this week, you know, it's Champions League. And you have City versus Dortmund, Jaden Sancho. Unlucky, you know, I love storylines. Former Manchester City youth player won't be there. I would have loved to have seen the drama and the pre the pre-match questions to Pep why Sandro is not there. And this is a game Manchester City dare not lose. They cannot lose this game. They cannot. They cannot. They cannot lose this tie. <laughs> Let me rephrase. They cannot lose this tie. They, uh, they've lost they, it was a Monaco tie, which I which was just down to a lot of lame brain defending. There was the Tottenham tie, which was again the Laporta. The, the Laporta was the best Tottenham player on the on, in the tie, and Aguero missing a penalty. And then there was a Leon fiasco last year where everything went wrong. There's they have to find a way to win this tie against a team missing Sancho. Yes, they have a star striker, but they are nowhere close to Manchester City's level. There is nothing 
under there's nothing. I, I I think even if if Pep was to say I'm not starting, I'm starting KDB and I'm starting only one D mid or something. If he does something that people perceive to be crazy, they should still be able to beat Dortmund, who's fifth in the Bundesliga and lost over the weekend. Yep. Um, I agree with you, 100%. Uh, the beauty of the Champions League is that we know that um, if Man City get past Dortmund or whoever gets past in this tie, they're going to face Bayern Munich or PSG next. I can almost imagine most people will tolerate if Man City lose to Bayern or PSG in the semifinal, but they can I would tolerate the Bayern. I'm not. I wouldn't tolerate to PSG. I think that they should be able to beat because Neymar would likely miss that tie. Not sure, but I'm just saying. Well, all right. If Neymar isn't there, I wouldn't. I would yeah. say Manchester well, City. Should be there that's what sure. it is. But the point is, they cannot lose to Dortmund. Yeah, Dortmund's yeah. team this year is so disjointed. It's not even funny. They got past Sevilla in a game where the only reason they got past Sevilla was because Dortmund had Haaland. And their manager even said so, because Sevilla ran them ragged for three out of those four halves of football. But they had Haaland and he scored the goals and they got past him. But no, no Sancho. The way Dortmund have been playing, the defence Dortmund have, the midfield Dortmund have, Man City have to capitalise on this opportunity and get past them. Like there's well, no sorry, I missed what I, I I just you know just Neymar is back. Um, just seems like this time of year Neymar is always hurt. I know he was hurt <laughs> recently. Um, so I guess he's back now. So yeah, that's true. He, he did he did play yesterday and gets and get sent yes, off. He did come back yesterday. A game I didn't see. Uh, but so Neymar is back. So that makes that Bayern Munich tie extremely interesting, especially with Lewandowski being out. And that's the beauty with the Champions League right there. It, it's so heavily influenced by the availability of players, especially right now. Um, so many narratives, that you, as you alluded to. No Sancho versus Man City. We're looking forward to seeing Ramos and Salah get, go head-to-head again. Ramos is out for the first leg. Neymar is back for PSG. Lewandowski is out for Bayern Munich. Uh, so many interesting little things popping up in the Champions League. Verratti is also out of the Bayern Munich game. So that's another player who we've said in the past needs to step up in the Champions League and really stamp his authority in midfield battles. He won't be playing. Uh, so interesting week ahead, I think. What do you think Bayern Munich will do to try and cover the loss of Lewandowski? Likely uh, play Ganabre centrally? Yeah, I think that's what they're going to go with for sure. Uh, they can't go with Chupa Moting. <laughs> There's no way they're going to do that. But uh, yeah, mm. I think the, the likely... The likely option will be what Germany does, which is Serge Gnabry going through the middle. They tried Chupa on the weekend against um, Leipzig. It They won the game. It didn't particularly work, though. Serge did eventually come onto the field and play through the middle. Well, coming off of the right, but he ended up central a lot. So I wouldn't be surprised if they actually start with that approach. I'm surprised you know, over the over the last few years that Muller hasn't really developed into a centre forward. I thought that was where his future is, but in that role that he plays, where he's freelancing, seems to be the best. Where he always finds to make a simplistic contribution for most of the game, he's just doing out of the hard running, hard working, and then he will make a nice cross or whatever, and he will score. You know, so um, I guess that's why I, I would I wouldn't I was. Over the weekend, as you said, I was surprised they wouldn't try to play Muller up front because he has some future up there. He has big experience playing um, on forward line. So, 
something I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I think a few years ago that looked a likely outcome, but Muller just seems to be a player that operates so much better in the half spaces. Um, we've seen them try to complicate his role in the past and it didn't really work out and they kind of had to return to what it was. And it's working for him right now. So I don't, I don't think they're going to, I don't think they'll experiment in that way. They're probably going to go with something tried and trusted. And Nabris through the middle is something that we've seen before. So that's what my money would be at. Ganabri, yeah, Ganabri, but oh, that's interesting. That PSG should have um, without Lewandowski, Bayern Munich all of a sudden looks very, very short. They're definitely in the goals department. Yeah, very, very short. You don't, you don't think of them the same way with without um without Lewandowski. Uh, well, good luck to them. That, but in terms of Real Madrid versus Liverpool, though, you look at Salah, you look at. Liverpool beating a poor Arsenal side, but finally they got some confidence going. Uh, so, and you know, this isn't the Real Madrid that they faced in the Champions League final. So, it's in terms of level. So, this is a game I, I fully expect. I'm, you know, I don't like to make predictions until I see the lineups, but I feel like this is a game that we're going to see the best of Alcantara and the best of Trent Alexander. I really do. I think this game, I think these, this tie against Real Madrid will put Trent back into the England fold. That's my yeah. prediction. Okay. Nah. I, I don't think he was really ever out of the England fold, but who knows with Southgate. I think that, that dropping, him off the, dropping him from the squad was more of a wake-up call. But yeah, I, I think Trent will have a good game. I watched Real Madrid yesterday. They operated with a back three. Furlan Mendy was playing centre-half with Nacho and and Milito, the the Brazilian, that Vasquez and Marcelo at wing back, and I watched this game and I just thought to myself, "Wow, Real Madrid look really average. They got the win, but outside of Karim Benzema and Thibaut Courtois, this is just not a team that I think Liverpool should fear. They have the better midfield going in. They have the better forward line. They have to they have to stamp their authority. Their authority. I think I think they bench. Uh, well, I'm not sure if Firmino is injured, but either way, I wouldn't start him. No, I, don't, I, w- I would go with Jato for sure. He came yeah, on. Yeah, for me, uh, he needs a break. He, needs, and, he definitely needs a break. He he came on and scored two goals, actually. Sorry. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. but he just adds another dimension to it. And especially if they're going against that defense, that with a Ramos-less Real Madrid defense, and Ramos does so much for them, like it has it has to be something that they capitalize on. Real Madrid, because they still have some of the same names that won the Champions League, you know, Casemiro, Cruz, Modric, Benzema, Ferran, and you just mentioned uh, Marcelo and Ramos. But you, when they win, they, but they're like a crumpled paper, and then you, 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 and then you open it back up. It's the same paper, but it's just all crumpled, and you know they need a new paper to write some new names down, and that's what Real Madrid is. Real Madrid is. Yeah, there's sell pass day. That you know, without Van Dijk, without Gomez, Liverpool are bare at the back, so that gives them tremendous hope. Yeah, I mean, tremendous hope or some hope. Who knows? They were bare at the back yesterday, and nobody noticed that Allison was even playing. But that was against Arsenal. In all fairness, uh, yeah. I don't think it will be a blowover for sure. But I do expect Liverpool to control this game and have the dominant um, setting of it. So we shall see. But yeah, right Liverpool, the, the, Liverpool, the, the thing about these Champions League games that, you know, we talk about City, not having the crowd and the, the, that atmosphere, especially that Liverpool atmosphere, like 
if they if they had the, one of these games at Anfield with that crowd, I'd be like Real Madrid is in trouble. <laughs> the Real Madrid is in big big trouble. <laughs> but you know, not having that crowd there and games are fluky. So it, it's basically like neutral site games um, played behind closed doors. So especially when you can, it evens up the tie a bit for me. But yeah. this is a game when you look at Trent Alexander. I think he should be able to take advantage of Real Madrid down that side. I don't think Real Madrid is going to have an answer for him. Yeah, I, I agree with you, uh, Marcelo. Fantastic player, but the fact that they're having to now resort to a back five just to cover him with another left back for Alan Mendy behind him. It's not it's not promising for Liverpool. Sorry, it's not promising for Real Madrid. And as when I you said, look at um Junior for Real Madrid, uh you know, player <laughs> with huge expectations. What do you expect him? Because you know he's he's you know he, that's someone who Trent's gonna have to match up with, you know, that's a counter. He's going he I've never been impressed by him, never once. They just that. keep telling me he's a big talent. I, I just keep well, he's young, so maybe one day he'll impress me. But so far, <laughs> I'm yet to see it. I just can't see it. Oh, my gosh. I love that you call him Junior, as if he was just some little Jamaican youth. Yeah, like, Junior. Playing ball, playing <laughs> ball you, know, you know, always have some interesting names, you know. <laughs> like, I'm like, no, he's a Junior because he's young and he's not that good. But people keep telling me he, he's something. And I'm like, all right, well, maybe one day Junior will be something. But I just don't see it. He's 20 years and people tell me he's so good. And I'm like, all right, I'm waiting. Let me, let me, let me see. No, let me, let, let me see. Oh and I, I, I just can. Maybe I'm looking in the wrong direction. Maybe he's on the left, and I'm looking behind, looking on the on the right. Um, you know, or maybe when he's on, he's on the right side of the street. I'm looking on, um, over on some hill, but I, I just can't see it. I just don't see it. Oh my gosh! Well, to anybody who's not picking up on who Junior is, as Vinicius right there, uh. I think he ben- he not benefited. He's clearly suffering from the fact that Real Madrid spent $45 million on him before he had played 25 games of football, senior football. But I think he's a talented player. He's definitely not finishing. He's not a finisher by any chance or a stretch of the imagination. And he, he's still very raw. I don't expect him to start against Liverpool, but he's a dangerous player when he does get going. Well, it's you, the same he, with Asensio. I don't want to say well, Asensio had the had the injury, so there's yeah. always that. I, I just don't see it. Benzema. This is a game, you know. Benzema caused like last year against City in the Champions League. Benzema's movement and all around play really caused City problems, and they really could should have won that game. But City uh, managed to for once get the get the breaks. In the second leg, um, first leg, City were much better. Second leg, I thought Real Madrid could have easily won that game. So Benzema against uh, you know poor <laughs> Liverpool centre back pairing is is going to be if if Real Madrid win that's that's going to be because of that. So how they how they able to deal with him and also another problem that I feel Real Madrid is going to face is the movement of Salah coming in off of the wing, where yeah. especially if Jota plays and and then he goes central centrally, which Klopp likes to do in the Champions League, moving very centrally. Uh, Real Madrid, I feel, going to have some serious problems with that. Varane, Varane is having a poor season. He's supposed to be one of the best players in the world, so this might be a time for him to get back that reputation. I think Varane's had a poor 
couple of seasons since the World Cup. Both him and Umtiti have had pretty average seasons. By yeah, Umtiti is not. Umtiti, it's not, it's Umtiti not a yeah, his yeah. career, his career at Barcelona is over. But Varane, yeah. he's kind of slid under the radar. But he's not been good for a couple of seasons now. Um, there's even talk of him being finally cashed in by Real Madrid because they do need money. And for some reason, there's still, some people still seem to have Varane on high stock. But um, no, j- just to touch on that Benzema point you, you mentioned a while ago, I think what a way he's kind of shut up the haters per se. I thought he sacrificed himself a lot for Cristiano Ronaldo. But since then, being, being the man leading the line now, 20 goals every season since, well, 30 the first season without Ronaldo, 27 the second season without Ronaldo, currently on 24, won them a league title. If they come back and they win another league title, what does that say about the repeat, about how Madrid operated before with Ronaldo? Ah, that's a king right there. If only he played for France. Yeah, you know, but that's his fault. You that's know, his fault for sure. Woman, when you make woman run your life and turn oh, you into an idiot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Stupid Fucking mistakes. Idiot. Yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah, not a, yeah, Benzema is a joker. Anyway, uh, but a good player. What a good footballer. Superb. Uh, anything else you want to talk about? Anything else you want to touch on? It was a light week. We didn't have many topics to talk about. So next week we'll have much more analysis after the Champions League. It's so hard to analyze Champions League games because we don't know whose lineup is going to be. Like like people talking about making a prediction for the inside. You don't even know what the lineup on how they're going to set up. So how can you predict? I mean, like, like-, <laughs> like if you told me... Manch, if you told me Liverpool is going to play a back three against Real Madrid, I'd be like, okay, they're going to lose. They're going to lose that game, right? But I don't know, but they could, you know. Um, and I said, you know, I said Junior is going to start for Real Madrid. Maybe he does, maybe he doesn't. So, you know, I have to wait until the, see the lineups. Um, I do like going in. I do like Liverpool going in. And I do like, and this is a game City cannot lose. I, I, I picked City to win the Champions League, so I don't need to say that they're going to win this game because... They would have to win this game to win the Champions League. Yeah. So, anyway, anything so anything else you want to touch on before we go? Uh, anything that's worth touching on? Um, as an England fan, just a random question: Harry Kane should it should he leave Spurs this summer? That was a top, uh, that was the top. That was shooting. I heard I heard Manchester City said they can't afford a striker. Um, so the only place that he should go if he can't go to Manchester. If he's leaving, he should go to Real Madrid. Yes, he should leave, but he should go to a club outside of England because you go to City, and as I said, City's winning the Champions League and they've won the Premier League. What's the really game? Yeah. Go to Real Madrid. Hopefully, Real Madrid didn't win the La Liga. That is something you can say. The only problem is I don't think Harry Kane grew up wanting to win La Liga. He probably grew up wanting to win the Premier League. But uh, I would like to see him in Spain... Just, uh, just you know, make it interesting. That would be your dream outcome for Hurricane Real Madrid. Yeah, see how he plays in, um, see how he plays in Spain. He might end up like Gareth Bale. <laughs> well, Gareth Bale was extremely successful. Yeah, as I was about to say, couple champions, yeah, lots of successful. goals, and, and yeah. a superb resume for golf. Yeah, awesome. yeah. Man was just amazing. Man <laughs> was have such a big moments and oh, so many you. great moments. Yeah, yeah he's, a, he's definition of a sports car. You just you just use him for the last leg, for the sure, last leg sure. of a relay. Can't run the whole lap, but just that last one hundred. Gareth Bale was the man. <laughs> fantastic, fantastic. Man, when it comes to Harry Kane, 
I've been I've been trying to figure out where I'd like to see him at, and I really can't even think of it. I think he's I think he's waited too long to move. I think he's gonna stay at Spurs. He's gonna go down as a one club man, despite the fact he's played fourteen different. If if he was to go to City, he should have been last summer. Yeah, that's that's what I was saying. Last summer was because the time that he should have, he could have gotten the he could have gotten the you no know, City hadn't won the league. They were way behind, and if he had joined them, scored twenty goals. He would have been hailed as you saw what happened last season. They didn't have him. You know how the narratives would work. Yeah. If they didn't have him, now they have him. If, you know, most of these narratives are bullshit anyway. Yep. For anyway. Sure. All right, Stefan. Good catching up with you. Talk to you next Sunday. Peace. Peace.